0: Episode twenty three of the Paul George Show welcomes Doctor Bob Schutz.
1: Pope Benedict had a statement when he was studying Jesus Healing Ministries, and he said, "Healing is the essential dimension of our Catholic faith. It's, it's not a side. It's not a sidebar. It's it's essential. It's it's the core of what we believe. And so Jesus healing present in every aspect of the Church when we're really living according to the Gospel. And in a particular way, the sacraments in prayer." Uh, are his agencies of healing. The Paul George Show!
0: Welcome to The Paul George Show. This week, Paul welcomes Dr. Bob Schutz from the John Paul II Healing Institute. Also today, bragging about your humility, Paul's respect for the Grammys, and really, really knowing who you are. And now, from Christ Our King Studios in Lafayette, Louisiana, the downright terrific Paul George.
2: Welcome to the show. Great to be with you today. Paul George in studio with the world (laughs) unbelievable-ish Adam Cock. I was trying to think of an adjective for you. It's all
0: right. Adjectives are tough, but you did well.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, uh, surprise, Adam. Uh, the Grammys were a few weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, you know the most popular album and song of two thousand and sixteen. I could
0: think of nothing that would prove how uncool I am than trying to guess what that might be. Because I like, I am completely out of the off the grid.
2: Okay, so you should at least keep in touch with it. Is what I'm saying. And but the fact that okay, when I say the song, you're gonna know.
0: You'll be like, oh, okay. I bet you I don't. I bet you I don't.
2: Okay, so have you ever heard of the song "Hello" by Adele?
0: Yes, yes, I have. Okay, so then you know that that was the song.
2: But that of the was year. like
0: years ago, wasn't it? No, I mean it literally. Played... I feel like I've always known that song.
2: <laughs> well, because it played all year every day. That was literally
0: in 2016. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I feel like I've never been without it.
2: Right, and I'm not saying you have to watch the Grammys. I mean, th- there's some things on the Grammys that not you know the best you know viewing, uh, you know whatever mm-hmm. for the viewing audience. But you know it, it's cool to kind of see what wins in the, out there and like, yeah. what's what's you know what's hot, what's popular. But I I could have been a non-voter and and got that right. Is that right? Adele's hello. hello. So you're a musician. Yeah. And you play music and you sing, which you know we got to get one of your songs on this on this. Oh, uh, goodness. Yeah, we got to get some sea legs on some of your songs, <laughs> man. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, if you won a Grammy, uh huh, would you brag about it?
0: I mean, would you tell people about it? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to use a real life analogy of like something I might have won. Have you ever I with won? It, an but award? I don't really win anything. I mean. Like in high school, I won some things because everybody does. It's like, oh, you showed up today. Here's here's an award. <laughs> did you get the attendance award in high actually, school? Actually, I did not. <laughs> okay. I was I was actually most likely, uh, no, most talented and um, something else they invented. Because, you know, they keep inventing stuff so everybody can get something. Right. But so you um, got
2: most talented Yeah, in a specific then, area or just overall? Overall. Like you could play the piano, dunk a basketball, and make good grades. And train all and a more. horse.
0: And train a horse. <laughs> no, I couldn't train a horse. Um, let's see. What did I do with that? I put it in, in a box that is in an attic. And maybe I'll do that with a Grammy. I don't know. But a Grammy's a big deal. I mean, this is like. Grammys are this huge. This is a big deal. I think I would put it on my mantle. Okay. And if people asked me about it, I would say, yeah, it was just this thing that I did.
2: So you wouldn't really tell anyone.
0: If they ask about it, if say. they ask about it, That's, mm-hmm.
2: it's pretty good. So you're practicing humility.
0: Well, maybe. Like, under the radar, know. humility. Uh, you
2: wouldn't even come on the radio show and, and announce it?
0: I mean, I would encourage you before the show started to ask me about it, maybe. Like, hey, why don't you ask me about my Grammy that I won? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, anyway, would you, what would you do with it?
2: A Grammy? Well, first of all, I wouldn't even ever even be in the. Okay, but you, for you a played
0: college sports. Right. So let's say you won an ESPY. An ESPY. Is, is that a thing still? Yeah, no, the ESPYs are still a thing. All right. Let's say you want an ESPY. What would you do with it?
2: I I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd put the trophy in my house, but I would certainly tweet it out. (laughs) I would send out a tweet with me with an ESPY with, like, standing next to, like, Michael Jordan or something.
0: So how would humble Catholic Paul tweet that? Like, thank God for my ESPY? Well,
2: I think that's sort of where the point I'm getting to. Like, you have to, you know, kind of come to this point of, like, Humility, but also um, giving God credit for what He's done in your life. So whether you mm-hmm. win an ESPY, or you make good grade, or you cook a good dinner, or you're nice to your spouse, or you know whatever the case may be, there's a sense of humility and a sense of thanksgiving for what for what God has done. I think with the social media stuff in the world right now, people are obnoxious about bragging, so there has to be a sense of, of humility. In that, which is interesting, because the Pope came out with an article this week, He says, uh, "The one thing Pope Francis says you can, you can actually brag about, hmm. which is a good title, mm-hmm. because you click on it, and then you realize that the only thing really that you can brag about is what St. Paul talks about in Scripture, which is St. Paul says, that, you know, if you're going to boast, boast of the Lord. Mm. So if you're going to boast, boast of Christ and what Christ is doing in your life. Well, in that
0: case, I got plenty to brag about. I mean,
2: God's done a lot in my life. Exactly. And that's the whole point I'm getting to is like, so if you're Adele or if you're a famous, you know, athlete, you win an ESPY or you win a Grammy or you're an actor, you win an Oscar. Do you know what Oscars are? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, whatever, those trophies gain dust. Mm-hmm. And... When you die, they mean nothing. And really, when you live, they mean nothing, in, in a sense. I mean, they represent your hard work, so I'm not denying that. Mm-hmm. They represent what you've been able to accomplish. But behind all that, you and I can accomplish nothing, zero, without God, without the grace of God, without God creating us and breathing life into us. So it all loops back to the reality of we owe God everything.
0: Yeah, so I guess tweeting, thank God for my ESPY, is kind of like the 21st century version of what Jesus said about uh, not putting your light under a bushel basket. Because, right. I mean, what good is all the things that God has done for us if we're not willing to share that?
2: Right, which I always appreciate people who have a platform in the secular world, you know, whether it be music or, or sports or TV or whatever it is, the platform they have, um, and they're able to uh, give... God credit for it. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great thing. And ultimately, our goal in life is not to have some big platform. It's just to live for God every day. Um, but even in that, in the small moments, we should
0: give God credit for everything that we do. I Can I press you on this a little bit? Yeah. Can I press you on this? All right. Now so, you
2: usually press me on the six pack of questions. Well, I'm pressing so. you
0: right now. All right. It could be is depressing. This like a, is
2: this like a full
0: court press? Uh, half court okay, quarter quarter court well three quarter maybe all right, somewhere in the court, so order in the court, <laughs> gosh, a <laughs> couple of dads on the air, um all right, so then what's what's the problem with the Pharisee who says thank you, God, that I fast twice a week and I do all these great things, thank you, God, for that I'm not like this what's his deal then
2: his deal is you remember we talked about those jello punching. Gloves. Yeah, that's awesome I've yeah.
0: told at least five people about this by this way five so people.
2: so if you haven't heard about this you can listen to a couple of shows ago uh, I would just take a jello glove and punch him in the face the Pharisee <laughs> Jesus talks about hardness of heart mm. and so you know we can we can do the whole routine and the checklist but if our heart's not in the right place the posture of a heart of truly gratitude and humility and surrender if that's not there and it doesn't matter what we do what we do on the outside, and that's what Jesus is trying to get to here, is the fact that all these outward accomplishments are look what I've done, you know. Even if you, uh, um, you know, you're at home and you like clean the whole house and cook a dinner, and people come home, and you're just waiting for people to recognize it,
0: mm. right? Is this from personal experience? In humility, <laughs> yeah, actually,
2: in humility, it's like I, I didn't, I didn't do this for recognition. I have to be able to do it because I want to serve and I want to love. Mm. And if people say thank you, then that's great. Now, so our humanness gets in the way, right? And mm. this is what the Pope is talking about, what Jesus is talking about in scripture, what St. Paul is talking about, is at the end of the day when our hearts want to boast, we need to first boast of what the Lord has done, not what I have done.
0: Hmm. Now, do you have a personal, like, when you quote St. Paul, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of quotable things, when you have like this personal connection to him, I. Yeah, I
2: have, a, I, I have a bromance with St. Paul.
0: I mean, it makes sense. I yeah. mean, if, if St. Adam wrote like half the New Testament, I'd be pretty fired up about it.
2: I'm a fan. <laughs> a big <laughs> you sh- fan. You should be. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a huge, huge fan of the guests that we're going to have today. First time guest on the show. And we're going to talk about some pretty deep stuff today. Which we're getting I'm, deep? Yeah.
0: It's um, turned out to be a pretty deep show.
2: Yeah, which I'm excited about because we have deep listeners. They'll appreciate. It. Let me ask you a question. i will kind of mm-hmm. give you a little a little lead in here to to the rest of the show. Is what do you think is most important um, in in regards to healing in our life? So say you broke your femur, which sounds horrible, um, and say you had some, uh, you know internal brokenness in your life, like a spiritual brokenness or spiritual femur, um, spiritual femur, uh, from life, which one do you think would be more important to heal?
0: Well, the spiritual one, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, now grant in scripture, Jesus does both. He heals, you know, people who are physically Mm -hmm. wounded and, um, broken, sick, uh, but ultimately what he gets to is healing the heart, mm-hmm. healing the, the sin, the soul, hmm. and you see, you see this play out. Well, you have uh, me in intrigued, sir, and yep. it sounds like it's going to get deep. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, so I'm excited about it, and you know, it's always interesting in Scripture when Jesus heals someone and he says, uh, go and tell no one. <sighs> Don't brag.
0: Don't brag. Look what happened to me today.
2: You see, you see how I just tied all that in.
0: You are the tire of all good things. Don't
2: boast, but boast of the Lord, and that's exactly what Jesus was talking about. Like, don't boast about what what, what happened. Boast about me, what what I've done in your life. Bring people into recognition of me, the Lord and the Savior. So, Paul George Show, we'll be right back. <laughs> back to the show Paul George great to be with you Um, have our guest today who I'm excited excited about dr. Bob Schutz from Tallahassee Florida dr. Bob how you doing today
1: good Paul great to be with you
2: yeah absolutely thanks for taking the time I I know you're busy Uh, I got a lot going on you have a new book that just came out be transformed the healing power of the sacraments uh, which we'll get into in our conversation today but how are things going in Tallahassee
1: Things going well. It's a little crisp here this morning, but probably the rest of the country doesn't have any sympathy for us.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love the, the warm weather. Uh, so, Doctor Bob, you're you know you're a, a licensed counselor, retired. You you, know, you're not, you don't um, you know see you know you're not a therapist uh, anymore in the day to day. But but give us a little background. So you started out in therapy, and, and then now you run an institute, a healing institute, John Paul II. Institute, fill in the gaps for me there. how do you, how do you go from there to, to where you are today?
1: Oh, uh, good, good questions. And I'll try to make it brief. Uh, I was, uh, trained as a therapist, marriage and family, and have done that for 35 years. And along the way, uh, my own experiences of healing, I went on a retreat, had a powerful, uh, encounter and it, and it changed the whole way that I approached, uh, Therapy as healing and and seeing it rooted in Jesus rather than rooted in science or something else Not that that doesn't have a place, but it just changed my orientation and I began to pray with people uh, in session And I began to see people making much greater life changes uh, with that than I had ever seen before and so that that really opened my eyes to uh you know inviting the power of the holy spirit inviting jesus love into the session not that it wasn't there right before in some way but but in a more uh in a more intentional way and you know that that has just gradually evolved over time to working with priests seminarians religious deacons uh and eventually uh i realized like there wasn't a work i could do by myself and so we started john paul ii healing center Uh, As a way, married couples, uh, individuals, you know, just the whole church. Uh, And so over the last eight years or so, we've been uh, going around and offering conferences, uh, healing the whole person conferences, unveiled marriage conferences, uh, conferences for priests, seminary and religious deacons, you know, just the whole gamut of the church.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I've been to a couple of your conferences before, and i got to say they're life-changing not only for me and my wife Gretchen, for me personally, for her personally, um, but for the people who attended, for the seminarians, the priests I know who have gone. So there's testimonies from from all sorts of people who who have been involved in your ministry that you've impacted. But how did you? Uh, will, it just seems like sort of this crazy transition. And I say that in a good way, you go from a, as a therapist, and then all of a sudden you you begin to pray uh, with you know your your patients. And you begin to see a deeper progress happening in 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 the sessions. At what point did you realize what Jesus says about healing in Scripture is actually true? Like, did it ever just hit, <laughs> did it ever just hit you?
1: Well, I think it hit me first in my own experience. I was like, I I've been trying to work on my own healing process for years until this really powerful encounter on a retreat weekend. I was like. Man, Jesus, you do this so much better and so much quicker (laughs) than I could possibly do it. In fact, I can't do it at all. Hmm. And not that I wasn't praying before, but I I just saw the impact. And that realization, you know, it was a a little scary stepping out and asking people to be open to pray and, you know, finding out, having a group of other therapists who were doing the same thing. And we were all learning together. But it was uh, just remarkable to see people's openness and their hunger. Yep. And, and to this day, and uh, that that every time Jesus would meet us there.
2: Oh, and, amen.
1: And it's just amazing.
2: That's great. So I'm talking to Dr. Bob Schutz, uh, jp2healingcenter.org. Um, so, so, Dr. Bob, so you guys started the, the Healing Institute and been doing conferences um, and retreats um, and whatnot. But I want to get to this idea of healing because you—, you wrote your first book which came out a few years ago called Be Healed Um, and it's a phenomenal book it talks about healing and the healing ministry of Jesus Um, but I think there's a lot of people who either don't know about healing or read scripture not sure you know if the healing of Jesus that that happened in scripture is really meant for us today Uh, give me a little insight on this idea of healing and is it real and valid for us
1: yeah. Okay. Let me let me approach that from two ways. One one from the broadest sense, okay. which is Pope Benedict had a statement when he was studying Jesus' healing ministries, and he said, "Healing is the essential dimension of our Catholic faith. Hmm. It's it's not a side it's not a sidebar. It's it's essential. It's it's the core of what we believe. And so Jesus' healing is." Uh, present in every aspect of the church when we're really living according to the gospel mm. and in a particular way the sacraments and prayer uh, are his agencies of healing his his ways of healing us and yeah I think there's a lot of doubt in our modern rational society of whether Jesus still heals today but uh, I assure you he's alive and well <laughs> you know that as well Right. Uh, it's uh, it's it's something he promised and it's something he continues to do because that's who he is
2: right so in, you know in scripture we see physical healing but we see a lot of the spiritual healing the, the emotional the the suffering that, that's healed by Jesus how does that play out that healing in, in someone's life maybe, maybe you have a story that can kind of sum this up for us explain it to us or, or you, you have a, a way of explaining it yourself that that can help us understand how jesus healing works for us today
1: yeah I, there's a, a example uh, a story from my book be transformed that i think would be a good application here um it's a young woman who uh, had three abortions one as a teenager one is a 20 in her 20s and one in her 30s hmm. and uh after the first one and she was brought up in a good catholic home but after the first one she just kind of lost hope that her life could have value and, and she just kind of closed down and shut off her life and just kind of ran from herself and um, some by some grace of God ends up at this healing conference healing service hmm. and she goes to confession for the first time. and so you know three decades of carrying around this shame and, and feeling this cut off from God. Uh, she has her sins formally forgiven and she hears it but she doesn't believe it gotcha. and you know it's often the case when we have when we have deep wounds uh, a lot of self-hatred we we hear the words of absolution and we know that it's true and there's something very powerful happens in that grace the priest recommended that she come back and, and get prayer because he knew that it wasn't finished hmm. you know that she had had to deal with with some deeper areas in her life, and so as she came back to pray. Uh, she started with, you know, just acknowledging, this is what happened, and and she could never forgive herself. You know, she knew better, and so as we as we began to listen, uh, rather than try to talk her out of her shame, which rarely works, uh, I just invited if we could pray and ask Jesus what he wanted to show her Um, and he began to he began to reveal a lot of the wounds that were underlying this deep rejection wounds in her life and that she was actually rejecting her babies Hmm. out of her own rejection Wow! uh, and that it was her fear in fact she made this statement "I, I aborted my children because I knew that I would be rejected and my children would be rejected because they were, they were conceived out of wedlock. Hmm. And then it dawned on her, oh no, I rejected my children when I was trying not to have them experience the same thing. I did worse to them, you know, completely rejected them, right. killed them, you know, rejected my motherhood. And so at this point, she's she's facing her pain, but she's tempted to a lot more self-hatred and shame. Right and at that point we began to pray jesus brought her back to her baptism wow and 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 showed her in in this imagery that before she could do anything he had loved her and accepted her that she had become his beloved daughter at her baptism wow and and in that realization as he communicated that through the holy spirit and you you've experienced this it's it's not imaginary but God speaks in our imagination. He speaks into our hearts. And you know it's real when it happens. Right. Because, because things change. It just shifts. And there was a shift in her of realizing that she was loved. And then, then the Holy Spirit said to her, your, your confession was a renewal of your baptism. Hmm. That, that my love for you hasn't changed but you've just received the grace again in that confession. Uh, you've been restored. At which point she begins to bawl just as all this pain that she'd been carrying around. Right. And then there were some issues with her family that she resolved, and she was able to forgive some places where she felt rejected. And then we were able to pray for her babies, and she was able to give them to Jesus. Wow. And the change in this woman's life after that was just...
2: Remarkable! Wow! Remarkable! Wow, man, that's powerful. And and that story, you know, for someone who experienced that much pain to find healing, you know, therapy certainly can help. But really, the grace and power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is the one that can bring true healing to that. So, Dr. Bob, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk more about this. This It's a Paul George show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, Paul George. Great to be with you today. We have Doctor Bob Schutz from Tallahassee, Florida, with jp 2 healingcenterorg uh, on the line. Doctor Bob, how are you doing today? Doing good, Paul.
1: Doing well. All right. Thank
2: so, you. so we're in the depths of healing, and I'm sure people are listening, and um, you know they're 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 having all these thoughts, as I am. And you had this story, this amazing, powerful story of this woman who, you know, obviously had a lot of pain through some of her choices and abortion and then get into the rejection and all these things in her life. And, and then, you know, what began the healing process by going to reconciliation and then praying with this priest and then receiving some healing ministry. But Dr. Bob, like if you're just a person listening out there and they're like, yeah, I've, you know, I've never had an abortion, but I certainly have patterns of behavior that I've yet to get over, you know, I have patterns of anger or guilt or shame. I have some patterns of depression or anxiety or, you know, like, it's nothing super major, but I know that they've been with me my whole life, and I don't know what to do about it. Um, what do you say to someone like that who who's experienced something, but they don't know how to really pray with it or receive healing?
1: Yeah, I, I think the first one, first thing is uh, just the identification, that we all have those things. And, you know, outside of confession, we have a hard time talking about them. Uh, except for if we have uh, places where we can go with them and find hope. And so I, I think that's the first thing. It's just the encouragement of, uh, in addition to the sacrament, which is probably the most important place to bring that, uh, we can also pray. And there's usually root issues uh, underlying most of those areas of our life. You know, that, that that's the fruit of our tree, uh, those Areas of anger or depression, hmm. but what's go, what's going on at the root? What's going on down into deeper places? And uh, so,
2: can someone sorry. experience healing uh, in their own prayer if they can pray and and ask God to help them find the root of that behavior?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Very very simple prayer. Uh, it's just acknowledging before God, uh, here is what I'm dealing with. Jesus, would you show me where this is rooted in my life? And hmm. just being being in listening prayer, maybe with a journal in their hand in front of uh, Jesus and Blessed Sacrament, if, if they're in adoration. Uh, just just being open, and then letting Jesus show them not only the root, but how that affected their identity. That's really a key piece. Gotcha. Uh,
2: yeah, I always say the game changer for us is when we truly understand our identity as sons and daughters of God. Yep. I mean, and that's ultimately uh, the game changer for us, which which brings us in into light of the sacraments, which remind us of who we are. And you wrote this book, your new book that's just coming out. I don't even know if it's out. I received a copy, and I'm going to boast about this because Adam and I are, were talking about boasting earlier. But Be Transformed, The Healing Power of the Sacraments is coming out. And I actually have an excerpt in your book, Doctor Bob.
1: You do. I'm very grateful for that.
2: Yeah. So I'm in the likes the names of S- Sister Miriam and Audrey Assad and Christopher West, and then and then for some reason you have me in there, uh, which is hysterical. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read uh, what I wrote about the book, and then you can kind of lead in on what what this book's really about. Because I, I read yeah. I read it when you sent it to me. So uh, here's what I wrote. I said, for many people, the sacraments stand at a distance as a formality to the Christian life. Not fully understanding the ministry of Christ, the apostles, and the church over the past 2,000 years, many are unaware of what and who the sacraments really are and the powerful role they play in the life God designed for each of us. In this book, Dr. Bob Schutz has recaptured the meaning and beauty of the sacraments and the powerful work of Christ through them. Be Transformed is a book that will stand the test of time and truly transform people's lives. This book has renewed my faith in Christ and the Church and instilled in me a new vigor of the sacraments, and I'm certain it will for you. And I really meant that.
1: Yeah, thank you, Paul, and it inspires me.
2: Yeah, so, so what, uh, what got you to write this book? And, you know, I'm reading this book, and I'm like, I have never fully looked at the sacraments in this light, but certainly it makes sense, and theologically it makes sense. So, um, yeah, what, what what really moved you to write this?
1: Well, After after writing Be Healed, I just started hearing from people, because I had just a chapter on this in, in Be Healed, and I started hearing from people things like, I had the most powerful healing in my life through a confession after reading your book, or mm-hmm. uh, I really recognize now what my marriage is supposed to be and how much healing is necessary in my marriage or I'm becoming the priest I always wanted to be or you know how do we experience healing through this through the Eucharist you know just a lot of questions and you know the questions that I have too that that we all have uh, here are the sacraments what we know and believe from the church is this is the very life of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. The, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is present in us through the sacraments.
2: Amen to that.
1: You know, that's, that that's, that's mind-boggling.
2: Yep. yep.
1: And if we even understood a piece of that, any of us, it would be totally transforming to us and to the people that we interact with. And, and so we, we have such a little speck of faith, you know, a little mustard seed of faith in that reality. Uh, but with that reality... You know, I, I also feel in, in my own life and feel in the life of the, the, the Church this gap between what the Church teaches and what we typically practice as the members of the Church. Right. You know, you, you would hardly know walking into a Catholic Church on an average Sunday in any particular city that Jesus is fully present to heal and to transform people's lives. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> You know, or uh, watching most marriages, you would wonder, how is that sacrament powerful to bring about transformation in the lives of that couple? Mm. Uh, And yet the church teaches that that's not only true, but it's the essence of the sacraments. Mm. That the sacraments are really, literally Jesus' way of healing our whole person, our whole family, our whole church, and our whole world.
2: Wow. So, that's, um, yeah.
1: That's that's what he came to do, and that's why he gave us the sacraments.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to process all that, and I've already read the book, so I'm talking to Dr. Bob, <laughs> Bob Schutz, uh, with John Paul II, healingcenter.org. Um, you can get information on their website of all their conferences and retreats and, and books and whatnot. So you in the book, uh, Dr. Bob, you... Go through each sacrament of the seven sacraments and you you talk about um, what that sacrament is and and how Christ is present in those sacraments and then how it can bring life and healing to us certainly you talk about the sacrament of marriage and sacrament of the Eucharist and reconciliation the the priesthood our nation You, you go through all of them and when you're reading this you're like yeah this this certainly Makes sense. But like you, like you say, you walk into most churches, and, and a lot of times, like I just walk into church or I wake up and I'm married and, and I'm not fully engaging in the sacrament. I'm, it's a formality.
1: Yes. But, yep.
2: but how do I move from knowing that I'm, I'm in a sacrament or receiving a sacrament to allowing God to really, I don't know, move in my life through that sacrament?
1: Yeah, that's the, the million dollar question uh, for all of us. Uh here I, I love what Father Cantalomesa, he's the household preacher for the last four popes. Mm. He said uh, the sacraments, the anointing of Christ that comes through the sacraments, are not events but states of being. Okay. Okay. But that, that let's take each of the sacraments for a second. In baptism Certainly there was an event when we were baptized and we received the grace of baptism and we, were, we became beloved sons and daughters. Right. But it's every day of our life that we live into that reality. Okay. Okay. And as I talk about in the book, it's, there's, there's three dimensions at least where this plays out. It's, it's in healing us that is restoring us to communion and making us whole. It's in giving us our identity, as you mentioned before, of beloved sons and daughters. And it's giving us our mission of, of how we cooperate with Christ mm. in, in, in every aspect of our life. And so healing identity and mission is finding our life rooted in Him. That's what the acronym is. Right? So we wake up every morning recognizing that this is who we are and this is what we're called to be. And this is how we get there. Wow. Okay, so and you look at each sacrament, it's that way. You know, we go to we go to receive Jesus in the Eucharist, whether it's daily or weekly or however often we receive him. And we think about it as an event that I receive Jesus without recognizing that we've become, as St. Augustine says, we've become the sacrament. Wow. We've, we've become... The living presence of jesus to those around us and so as i talk about in the book the wounds from original sin what i call the seven deadly wounds are with every single person every single one of us has been affected by every single every single one of those wounds from original sin rejection abandonment powerlessness and and in the book i talk about how i just take each of those wounds and kind of build through the sacraments how the healing process takes place right now, one sacrament heals all those wounds in some sense, but but as I laid it out in the book, I, I just wanted to develop piece by piece, step by step, how the sacraments are able to heal us in that way.
2: All right, so don't give the answer, Dr. Bob, because I want people to get this book, because uh, there's more than what we can cover in this radio show. Because uh, the, <laughs> the book's phenomenal. It's called Be Transformed, the Healing Power of the Sacraments by Bob Schutz. It's on Ave Maria Press, and you can find it on your website. JP2healingcenter.org, uh, and also your first book, Be Healed. Of course, all the information on your conferences and retreats is you don't do therapy anymore, but people can certainly go and experience um, the conferences and retreats that you guys do. Dr. Bob, seriously, I can't thank you enough. Can we do this again sometime?
1: Love to, Paul.
2: Amen to that. All right, we'll do it again. All right, God bless. the show. Man, I've I, it's been a, a heavy, deep show. Adam, you've been quiet over there. Well, I've been swimming in the deep end. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. So thanks to Dr. Bob for coming on the show. That was fantastic. Yeah,
0: great interview. Great interview. Seems like a heck of a guy.
2: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So what'd you learn today?
0: I learned that even if I work really hard over the next several years and win a Grammy, you're not going to care. No. So I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> No, I'm not going to care. <laughs> so, so I'm checking that off the list. I'm not doing it.
2: <laughs> is that all you learned? Yeah. What did you learn? <laughs> I learned <laughs> I learned that you didn't even know what a Grammy was.
0: <laughs> I know what you, a Grammy You didn't is. even
2: know that the Grammys happened. That's true. Or that Adele won a Grammy.
0: Yeah, and I was shocked that I actually knew the song that won the best song or whatever.
2: So even if you won a Grammy, you wouldn't even know you won it true so unless i went unless you went what would you wear on the red carpet
0: the this, grammys this the exact that. same thing <laughs> you would blend in yeah. <laughs> i'd be like i'd khakis, look like one of the wait staff or something khakis and a shirt people would be asking me where the champagne is
2: what else i learned is that dr bob is like yoda
0: like a catholic yoda
2: like a catholic yoda that's awesome like i just felt like as he was talking cuz he's kind of soft spoken that like like I was being healed in the process. Wow. But I didn't know it. You know how Yoda like moves his hand and, you know, and something moves. Yeah. Do you know? Storm? He was moving you. Yeah. it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Catholic Yoda. And that's what I learned. So anyway, Adam, how about those six pack of questions?
0: Question. All right. So when you began the conversation, it started with back and forth about the warm weather in. uh, Tallahassee Florida yep yep. and you said you love the warm weather I do okay so what is your favorite vacation venue not so much a city necessarily or a particular spot but is it beach is it mountain is it plain what is it
2: uh it's it's mild to warm weather okay yeah no I could do the snow and for a few days and if you're skiing
0: but I can't just like look
2: look at it and just sit in
0: it so I say you got to go for two weeks somewhere
2: Two weeks, it's going to be mild to warm weather where I can hike, boat, fish. Whoa. Something like that. But I'm not necessarily don't like the beach. I love looking out at the ocean, but.
0: You got to go do something.
2: Yeah, I don't like sitting in the sand.
0: <laughs> Who does? A lot of people. A lot of people. And and if that's your gig, awesome. Yeah, we don't mean to discriminate on the show against sand people. No. So. Mr. Sandman. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. Yeah. So, Dr. Bob is a retired therapist, and I'm sure you have a lot of people come to you for advice. Have you ever thought about becoming, like, an actual counselor or therapist? Yeah, I've thought about it. I think I've thought about it. Yeah. And?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I have friends that are, that are full-time counselors and therapists, and who knows what God will do. Maybe. Maybe one mm-hmm. day. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like, yeah, I'm doing what I want to do right
0: now. We probably give more advice to people than many counselors, yeah, I mean in a sense, I do a lot
2: of that, uh, but I don't you know do it professionally, so yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of things that I could learn if you went to school for it, obviously, mm-hmm. the techniques and all those, but I do think like with with Dr. Bob is like he got to a place in his life therapy that he felt and knew that the ministry of Jesus that was happening uh, was more than what he could do in therapy, mm-hmm. and that's where he found the greatest Growth in people was in when he was able to incorporate um, prayer into his sessions. Yeah, which to me is phenomenal.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, because I can give you like a lot of positive things to work on, and you can make changes. But there, there are some people, and particularly the ministry that Dr. Bob does, where um, all those things didn't change the behavior of the person because there was some woundedness and brokenness in their life. So they kept doing the same things over and over again. And so that's when the healing ministry of Jesus really
0: comes into play. You know? Yeah. So you all discussed question number three. You all discussed the new book, Be Transformed, all about the sacraments and like healing through the sacraments. Yeah. And you mentioned that it was great for you. So I'm going to ask you a question. Now, I
2: did boast about that I wrote in the book. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But I was tying it all into the first segment. So yeah. I'm really boasting about what God did in the book, but I was boasting the fact that I got to write <laughs> I mean, it's pretty neat. A write up. It's a real it.
0: book, and like you're in there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my question is can you share with us a healing experience you've had in the sacraments?
2: Hmm. Well, I think, you know, I could speak of three sacraments that I think, well, no four, no five, maybe seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we're, all, eight. we're all baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could say that the grace of baptism brought me to a place eventually in my life where I realized. Who I was, my identity, right, and that's what baptism does. It 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 uh, rid you of original sin and claims you as as God's child again, right? Mm. And then when I got confirmed, I was a heathen, I was an absolute heathen. But in some ways, if you if you look at it this way, I I think that the grace of my confirmation chased me down and wore me out. Took and and I came to a place in my life as a young man where. I finally stopped and and accepted the fact that God was real and, and wanted to live in my life and have a personal relationship with me. I really do believe that th- that was the grace of the sacrament of confirmation that that uh, caught up with me. Now certainly we can turn the, the faucet of grace off from those sacraments and say I don't believe, I don't want it to move in my life, but if there's any glimpse, any crack in our heart, God will move. Certainly the sacrament of marriage, I know that that There were days that the only thing that I could do is just say, yes, I'm doing this today. I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I don't know if I'm even good at it, but I know that the grace of the sacrament is what's helped bring a lot of healing in my life and my marriage. Mm-hmm. And and that's been the most healing in my life I've experienced within the sacrament of marriage. And certainly, I can't leave out reconciliation. There's been beautiful moments mm-hmm. of, of just... God's mercy and then in the Eucharist moments of great intimacy where you
0: realize that God's present you have know, you ever cried in confession
2: I, I cried laughing once <laughs> because a priest <laughs> left his microphone on
0: oh my God! the confessional are you kidding me
2: and everybody in the church are you kidding me no I'm not joking and so I was laughing so hard that I was crying
0: how can I've never even heard of that
2: yeah yeah, it was that is so amazing. funny. Yeah, it was so great.
0: Well, good thing you're a good sport about it. Huh?
2: Shout out to Father Borlawn, who's no longer on this, on this earth. Earth.
0: Earth, on the earth planet. Yeah. Um, question number five. All right, so y'all talked a little bit about identity. I know this is a theme that you really like, and you said something about really knowing who you are. Um, so what's the difference between knowing who you are and really knowing who you are? Mm. Why the Really? Why the really? Because I think
2: if uh, for us, we can know about God. We can know about the sacraments. And like you said earlier in the show, even like the Pharisees, they knew what to do, right? So we can know who we are in our mind, and we can say, yeah, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Uh, I know I'm supposed to go to Mass. I know I'm supposed to be faithful in my marriage. I know I'm supposed to pray. We can know about what to do. We can even know, I know God loves me. But to take all that truth of God, right, who he is, his character, the reality of who he is and who we are, and allow that to integrate into our heart and transform us from the inside out, that's the difference. That's when you say, I really know who I am, because in the midst of maybe like a storm going on in your life, that's figuratively, by the way, or, you know, whatever, internally you rest in the reality of like,
0: okay, I'll be fine.
2: I'm going to be okay. Because I know in my heart who I am. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. It sounds good, too. Yeah. Get me some of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. So So you've, like, would you panic if you were in confession and the microphone was on out in the church? <laughs> I don't think I would start laughing.
0: I think I would be like...
2: But that's my humor. Fire. I'm I'm just completely Turn the mic off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd put on those jello gloves.
0: Well, good for you. Don't punch the priest. There's it's a can of law against that. Jell-O. Even with jello. Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun. It would it would be fun. Anyway. Question number five. Yep. So is there a point where the need for healing is over? Like do you go to like four of these retreats or read these, you know, go through these experiences and you're kinda of done? Or is I would
2: say yes and no. I would say that we're we're a work in progress forever but I think there are things in our lives where we can have a breakthrough in these moments and that breakthrough you could say ah oh, okay I've really figured out how to how to how to push through but in our own then you can incorporate in that as Dr. Bob talked about into your own prayer time of Lord just continue to move in my life in those places where I know that I've received healing
0: already mm mm-hmm. awesome all right number six he mentioned Father uh, Contala who's the papal preacher.
2: Yeah, he's my hero.
0: Now, you've talked yeah. in a lot of venues to a lot of different people, mm-hmm. but would you be nervous if you had to preach to the Pope? Imagine if your job—I don't know. For me, it's like
2: the Pope is a pretty big job, but imagine if your job was actually to be the preacher
0: to the Pope. Would you be nervous? Dude, I like would, if you just got if Pope Francis called you in, Paul, I want you to come preach my retreat this year. Yeah, I would
2: say between that and, like, doing, like, the commentating for, like, the Super Bowl, I would be just as nervous. Really? Equally nervous? Equally, probably (laughs) a little bit more nervous with the Pope. Well, I I would hope so.
0: But you you would do a good job. You could do it. I believe in you, man.
2: I don't know if the Pope would get anything out of what
0: I would say, but, I mean. Well, he wouldn't understand you. Well, he speaks English. A little? A little, yeah. But not Paul English.
2: But you know my Spanish <laughs> and my French is really good. Really? Yeah, if you've listened to the last show, you'll know what I'm talking about, Adam. See, si, see. Si. Anyway, wow, what a show. Man, we've got to put this one up. All-time favorite. An Whoa. All-star show. Whoa. <laughs> Dr. Bob <laughs> Schutz, thanks so much for coming on. It's Paul George Show. You can find us on iTunes, paulgeorge.la. We'll be back next week. Talk to you later. God bless.